Welcome to Casey Corner episode 153, and you're just telling me what's currently on your TV here at 7.30 in the morning. Well, thanks to you, Brooks. Uh, <laughs> you have turned my wife on to a TV program that I never thought that we would have on. <laughs> you know, is it a thriller? Is it, you know, whatever? No, it's actually squirrels mm-hmm. and birds Mm -hmm. that entertain your dogs (laughs) yes yes exactly this came so my old roommate matt briquette um when they would leave uh him and his girlfriend leave the dog like at their house during the day um they would put on this this youtube video that's like 20 hours of just like a camera filming these squirrels and birds like yeah. eating bird feed and sunflower seeds. And the first time I'm working upstairs, like, what is that sound downstairs? Like, are there birds in here? <laughs> I walk down funny. and the dog is just watching the TV, looking at these squirrels eating nuts. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. I mean, I'm telling you, it works. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a nice high-def camera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's funny because Katie will say the one who's watching it the most right now is you, Jeff. I'm like, you know, my mouth's <laughs> You're just open. standing there like, what are these it? guys doing? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of watching the time lapse and stuff like that. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's a nice, peaceful sound in your house. It just freaks you out the first time when I'm working, and just hear that going on downstairs. And you just realize your dogs are now. Yeah, you have to. You have to worry about the screen time for your dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, yeah, they're going to start throwing just... a fit when you turn it off. <laughs> exactly. Well, we put a bird feeder outside our window, and it's interesting because Ruby, our golden retriever, who's just over one, as you know, you know, she loves watching them, but she doesn't bark at them. Mm-hmm. She'll just sit at the window and just watch them. Yeah. So it's like, wow. That was not the case with our old black lab Lou. She would see a uh, squirrel on the fence outside and just Go absolutely Go freak nuts. out, bouncing yeah. back and forth, I and we'd let her typical. out. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of like you know having a bull ready to like buck someone off, and it was uh, like we'd rile her up and then open the door and she would sprint <laughs> she out goes. after him. Yeah. So she never got one. Sadly, that's good. <laughs> Katie has asked me to rattle the door before I open it to give them the chance, give to give them a running start. <laughs> so, she does not want to have you know, Ruby come back with one. But, you know, it's interesting. We uh, we love bird feeders, and we have three right now. And they really should change the name to squirrel feeders. I mm-hmm. mean, one of them is a squirrel proof. But the way they find out how to get on those things, hang upside down, you know, they're... they're yep. uh, oh, yeah. It's just all squirrels. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's think- one, one last feeder story in the my grandparents' condo in North Carolina. They have a picture there of one time with one of those bird feeders they looked outside and there was a raccoon hanging upside down like scooping up food out of yeah, there and they yeah. got a good picture of it which is I, you know what your grandpa showed me that yes picture. yes <laughs> i'm sure he has we we facetimed with him when he was up there for a meeting and he of course had to show us that picture yes of course of course he probably gave you the whole tour over facetime uh you know your grandfather likes telling stories yes he does that's <laughs> that is absolutely true it's amazing how uh how little you you know you're you're not as talkative i mean you're no. your grandpa you no, know. they they take all the wind out of the air. So your dad's kind of in between, I guess. So. Yeah, he's he's in between. Yeah. He's in between. Yeah. Absolutely. What's your son going to be like? Back like your grandpa? Yeah, he's never going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to be yapper yapper. A yap voice. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, let's, can we get to the good stuff? Let's get to the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still in the Gospel of Mark, right? Kind of right in the heart in it, and it's actually we're going to go right through what they call you know the uh, the transition point uh, of it. Um, the climax of you are the christ but anyway we're in mark 7 uh through 9 mm-hmm. 7 24 to 9 32 and then we're in first corinthians 12 19 uh, right through the end is mm-hmm. that correct so we complete that book yep this week we finished three books finished first corinthians we wrapped up judges and we wrap up there ruth at the end that's right and i'm Which, jumping ahead i'm sorry no no no. that was great <laughs> so so uh, we had psalms 89 through 94 as you said we wrapped up judges and Ruth is only four chapters, but it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So. Great stuff. It's great, great stuff. stuff. Well, lots of stuff to dive into. We can start with Mark. Okay. 
You know, it's uh, Jesus is on the move, and uh, he goes to this place, Tyre, mm-hmm. uh, T-Y-R-E, and uh, it said that he did not want it to be noticed. It really in- it interests me. He went into mm-hmm. this house, he didn't want to be noticed, and it, and, and it shows me the humanity of Christ that, you know, he always saw crowds and had compassion, and mm-hmm. yet he needed a rhythm with his time, time just kind of with his father, mm-hmm. uh, a time of... Uh, uh, but it never seemed to take place because it was always interrupted. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know. This could be just an anecdote and not true, but it seems like in market says that a little bit more of you know he wanted to avoid the crowds or had compassion on them. Obviously, talking about more so the emotions, but it seems like market yeah. says a little bit more of he's yeah, trying it, to avoid the it crowds. It could be that's a good good call. And so, but he has this really interesting uh, kind of a, a, on the surface a weird interchange with this Greek born woman mm-hmm. uh, of faith, you know and. She's asking to have Jesus heal her. I think it's a like a possessed daughter, I mean, somebody mm-hmm. who's in struggling. And and he says this: Hey, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to dogs. Basically, you know, hey, I've come here for uh, to seek to save the Israelites first. And uh, uh, you know, you know, hey, l- let me let me. He basically calls her a dog. <laughs> and then uh, she turns around and says, you know, hey, but even the dogs uh, eat under the children's, the crumbs under the table of the children. And mm-hmm. uh, and it shows this great faith. Like, Jesus, I know you could do this. You know, I know I'm an outsider. And he marvels at her faith and, and, and not only heals that daughter, but really boasts of that faith that he sees in her. And, you know, how cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a couple of verses there. He says, let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she answered him, yes, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he yeah. said to her, for this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. That's pretty cool. Isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, it's, so it's interesting. I think uh, with the with the uh, healing, there's a couple times Jesus, uh, in the passage we read, he uses his saliva. You know, mm-hmm. he spits. And yeah. so... He goes and sees a deaf and mute guy in Decapolis, Decapolis which means 10 cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and he takes a, a, a guy away from the crowd. He doesn't do it as a freak show. That's mm-hmm. another thing that we see in the readings. You know, he takes this somebody... This is circus. He, yeah, it's not the circus. It's not a, It's not the freak show. So he spits uh, on the guy's tongue, which is, you know, you want to say it's not very sanitary, <laughs> Jesus, you know. But this is, this is Jesus, which is open. And, and he tells the... Uh, them to be open and all of a sudden you know they did he mm-hmm. could talk and speak and you know how cool is that and uh again didn't want to didn't want a big crowd kind of go 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 back around the other way you know mm-hmm. so and um, it says in there and looking up to heaven he sighed and said to him the which just seems like something the guy would be saying as Jesus is spitting oh, yeah, on yeah, the guy's yeah, yeah, yeah. tongue. Like, <laughs> He's like, okay, you can speak now. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's awesome. What are you doing? He's like, You're spitting on me. I mean, what in the world? So, uh, uh, but then again, he's, he's going to kind of go away, but he uh, sees the crowd and has compassions on the crowd. He does another miraculous feeding. Mm-hmm. This is the 4,000. Again, four thousand men. So mm-hmm. it's much more than four thousand, and uh, and even at the end of it, the Pharisees want to sign. It's like, mm-hmm. hello. Well, I mean, he, in the in the middle there, his disciples asked him, like, how can we feed all these people in this desolate place? Like, he just fed. He just fed. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like, well, the, what do you mean he can he can do this exactly. again? No problem. He's like, do I have to show you this again? I know. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, a little bit slow. That's for yeah, sure. Absolutely. And then there's another healing that blind man. This is an eight uh, at Bethsaida, mm-hmm. um, and again he took him as well outside the village. But what really intrigues me. Is it, you know, he spits uh, into the guy's eyes <laughs> and he could see 
kind of the first time. Like, mm-hmm. what do you see? Well, I see some. It looks like trees. You mm-hmm. know, the people look like trees. And then he had to do like a redo. You know, mm-hmm. and that was a, a take two. And mm-hmm. uh, I want to get to heaven and say, okay, Jesus, what were you doing? Why? Why did that one? take two times it's kind of like when you ever you have your eyes checked it's like mm-hmm. better worse better better yeah you just better. see the big e at the top yeah yeah you remember they put, keep flipping the lenses <laughs> yeah they want to see which one's better or worse and uh but it took them two which is really interesting mm-hmm. how's your how is your eyesight by the way um it's not bad i wear contacts every okay day. okay how, how about yours uh i don't wear contacts or anything i haven't gotten them checked in a while though but i think i think they're fine i can read your scribbled handwriting <laughs> no on the board so uh <laughs> but you know um it's scary because you'll get to the point where you hit about 50 and you really, like I was, I told you my air conditioning was, was acting up this morning. And so I'm trying to read the pad and I had mm-hmm. to go get glasses. I'm trying to read it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't see the little stuff. So. And I, I think we're at a restaurant recently and you were looking down at the menu and you go over to, or some, or maybe it was, I don't know when it was, but you go to JP like, you know what's sad? I have no idea what the, any of these words are. <laughs> I know, it's, it stinks. It's All right, back on track, back on track. So. <laughs> Well, you know, right in eight, you have this turning point of the gospel where Jesus, uh, on the way to Caesarea Philippi, and, and again, in other places like Matthew, it feels like they're already at Caesarea Philippi, but the ultimate question is, who do people say I am? Mm-hmm. And this one says, hey, it's John the Baptist, Elijah, and the prophets. I mean, there's kind of, I think Matthew might, I, I might be wrong, I might throw Jeremiah in there, but definitely one of the prophets. And uh, But there was a confusion. We talked about this in Matthew back in Jesus's day of who he was, mm-hmm. and here, uh, Mark doesn't tell us as much about what Peter says. He says, you are the Messiah. It doesn't include what Matthew says, the son of the living God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, but you know, then Jesus is going to say, Hey, don't tell anybody. And mm-hmm. there's like this, what's come known as a messianic secret. And you want to know why? I mean, isn't that the whole point of go tell the world, mm-hmm. but it, it seems to be timing of unfolding of the story. Remember, I think it's Luke's gospel where they try to make him King. No, no, it's John. It's John. Uh, six, where they try to make him king, and, and he's like, "No, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let you make me king." You mm-hmm. know, it's a man's decision. I know it's in a man's heart, mm-hmm. but uh, but that's kind of interesting. You are the Messiah. There's a turning point. Who Jesus is, uh, and then right on the end of that, it's the same story we have in Matthew that Jesus he tells them, "Okay, I'm the Messiah. We're gonna go to Jerusalem. It's gonna get bad. I'm gonna be uh, arrested. You know, I'm gonna be beaten up. I'm, I'm gonna be crucified. Third day, I'll raise again from the dead." And then Peter, again, well, I know we talked about this, but he rebukes Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's like, hello, and, you know, <laughs> telling uh, that the son of man must suffer. He told them that and be killed. And, you know, he just is like, no, it's not going to happen. Jesus. Yeah. So. Peter takes him aside. He's like, you're, you're lying. Like, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. You know, you're, you're yeah. completely wrong here. Completely swinging the miss. <laughs> he knocked it out of the park. And the next time up, he like, he looks like he's never, you know, seen a pitch before, you know. <laughs> He's swinging at everything, and it's terrible. Oh, um, but, you know, to be a disciple, you must deny yourself. You, you must lose your life to find your life. And I, I I, think that we typically buzz right through that. You know, mm-hmm. what does it mean to lose your life? What mm-hmm. does it mean to deny yourself? I mean, it's really living thy will be done, not my will be done, right? Mm-hmm. And isn't that all about Christianity is that we do have a Lord, I do have a Messiah of our life who has the right to tell us how to live and what to do and... Boy, that denying yourself is tough, though, isn't it? It is. It says at the end there, For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, Mm -hmm. of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes Mm -hmm. in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. You know, um, it reminds me that I got a call from my daughter-in-law, Hetty, this week. And she's, as you know, filming a movie in New Mm -hmm. York City. 
And she wanted to tell me, she's like, Papa Jay, I'm just on set and everybody gives credit to the universe and they all talk to the universe. <laughs> to the and vibes. I'm, and I'm just so sick of it. You know, there, there's no, you know, giving glory to God. And she said that, uh, um, said one of the uh, like assistant directors or something was talking about her like meditation and something like that. And, mm-hmm. and she's like, well, I, I use prayer. And the director came back and was like, you know, well, meditation and prayer aren't like the same thing. And she's mm-hmm. like, well... I understand, but my faith is most, most important to me. So that's what I, and I'm just like, Eddie, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You're in New York City filming a movie and you're sticking up for your faith. <laughs> and you know, it's doing the opposite of what you just read. You know, mm-hmm. she, she's saying, hey, this is what I believe. So good, good for her. Oh, yeah. And even after, I mean, after that, that uh, uh, there's always after that, the transfiguration, you know, mm-hmm. you are the Christ. And now it's going to be revealed. And again, uh, you have a little bit of a different, Matthew tells it a little bit differently than Mark does. Mm-hmm. But you have Elijah, who's basically a prophet. Moses, who's also a prophet, but the lawgiver. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Peter trying to figure out, hey, let's build three shelters again. Mm-hmm. And it talks about them, the, the white clothes of Jesus, like not even a laundry mat. You know, yeah. nothing could get them that white and dazzling. But I love the fact that they all fade away and the father's going to say, hey, listen, this is my boy. You got to listen to him. And again, I think we, we mentioned this, but, you know, listen to him because he is the fulfillment of the prophets. He's the fulfillment of the law. The others, you know, it's 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 not like they're three equals. Are you kidding me? He's the son. Um, he's the savior. He's the one. And everybody else disappears. P- Peter has a wild ride right there. He crushes it with you are the Christ. Doesn't crush it when he takes Jesus to the side and rebukes him, say that he's not going to yeah. suffer. Then he says he's like worshiping all three on the same <laughs> pedestal. You know, that, yeah. that, that was like three or four paragraphs. Yeah, yeah. That's a wild ride. No, for that's Peter. a wild ride. <laughs> it's typical Peter. It's a wild ride. It's uh, it's crazy. And then in all, all the gospel accounts, right, when they come down. And again, it's only... Peter, James, and John are on top of that transfiguration, but mm-hmm. they come down to a, a an argument, and there is a man with a son who's possessed, and the disciples can't get him out. Mm-hmm. The disciples can't do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, interesting again, another kind of weird response from Jesus, like how long I'm going to be hanging out with y'all, but you know, he's going to uh, be able to drive them out. And the disciples in this one says, hey, Jesus, why can we do it? And it's really intriguing. He says, well, some things only by prayer, you mm-hmm. know, only by prayer. And I think that we always undervalue the, the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, are we praying? So anyway, and he's going to tell his disciples again what's coming. So mm-hmm. good, good stuff. stuff. Good Great stuff. stuff right there. All right. Corinthians, are we on ready? the first Corinthians, let's do it. A lot of, uh, to be honest with you, this will be some divisive stuff in Scripture. I mean, what do we do with the gifts of the Spirit? I mean, I love how Paul will say, "Listen, there are different gifts of the Spirit, but there's Jesus is Lord. I mean, mm-hmm. He is the Lord over the same Spirit, different kind of services, uh, same Lord, same goal. There's one body, many parts, and God's the one who puts them all together." Um, and then I think that that's so true. He gives some teaching gifts. He gives some mercy gifts. He gives some leadership gifts. And um, that's kind of make the church go uh, the way he wants it to. But I love what he says in, in uh, chapter 12, where like some of the weaker parts, they're really indispensable. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, as a pastor, when people say, hey, you know, I just want to serve in the back. And, you know, I'm like, that, that's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we all... We all do our part. Mm-hmm. So. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may 
have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. Mm-hmm. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. That's awesome. And you know, and it go, and I love that. And if you, if you keep, I don't know if it's before that or after, but the part that's indispensable, there's weaker parts, but they're they're indispensable. I, I'm, I'm scanning it, trying to find it for you. Uh, I don't know if I can. Right, it's right in 12. It's, uh, it's, it's okay. But the parts that seem weaker mm-hmm. are actually indispensable. Oh yeah, there we go. Um, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, he's basically saying, that, you know, you can't say, the body doesn't say, you know, the ear can't say, hey, I'm not a hand or mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, But all, all our parts are there. So, And then 13. I mean, mm-hmm. 13 uh, is certainly uh, famous for in, in, in weddings. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like the the love chapter. Exactly. And uh, But with that, is what, what, what ties it to the gifts is like, hey, no matter what gift you have, mm-hmm. without love, it's useless. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and it's, it's uh, you can know all of scripture, but if you don't have a heart, it, it's, it's, it's not good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, then it says, what is love? Mm-hmm. You want to read that? Love yep. is patient. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Wow, love never fails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, they're, they're, they, then he gives this triad that's so important with Paul: faith, hope, and love. Mm-hmm. You know, there's he's going to talk a lot about what does it mean to have faith, hope, and love. But mm-hmm. he'll say clearly the greatest of these is love mm-hmm. which, is, which is which is great yeah but it kind of continues on from there love never ends as for prophecies they will pass away as for tongues they will cease as for knowledge it will pass away yeah all love those will... gifts they're going to go away but mm-hmm. you know love, love is going to be there and then 14 is really like 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 you know some of the issues they had with their worship and speaking in tongues and you know i think that that's even a controversy today i mean what what is that tongues and mm-hmm. are, are, is there interpreter and but what i loved and i'd like to point out is you know, speaking in tongues seems to be more something to God and, and prophecy seems to be more to the people, you know, and speak in ways that people can understand. And, and uh, I think that that goes back to preaching. And I, I love that uh, that reality. And he says, hey, excel in the gifts that build up, that, that don't divide. Mm-hmm. And uh, that even five intelligent words are better than 10,000 in a tongue. And I mm-hmm. think, you know... There on all the separation of you know should you do this or should you not and, and again it also will say that worship should be done in a good and orderly fashion in like verses twenty six through forty mm-hmm. and it's it's really interesting but then there's in the controversy as well let me throw that in of women to be remain quiet in mm-hmm. church you know then you want to say well is that a cultural thing and you know well how does that deal with the headship of man as our as Christ is head over us and what is God really saying so. 14's an interesting, you know, not not the easiest at times. No, and really even after 13, from 14 to 16 are, you know, some different topics and kind of a tough read at times. Yeah. Um, You know, Paul being Paul. (laughs) Paul being Paul. But, you know, 15 is this like, if you turn to 15, Mm -hmm. I love what he says. Hey, I preach to you of first importance, the gospel, Mm -hmm. that Christ was crucified according to scripture. 
that he was raised from the dead according to scripture. I mean, according to plan. So mm-hmm. he's basically saying the most important thing of first importance is this gospel. Mm-hmm. And it was Christ has died, Christ is raised, Christ is coming again. And up to 500 people have seen that reality and the last of which is me. Mm-hmm. And he's going to say, if there's no resurrection, then our faith is in vain. Uh, you know, it's all futile. It's it's worthless. If there's no resurrection, if Christ didn't raise from the dead, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And we might, as, it says in 15, I love that, we might as well go uh, eat and drink for tomorrow we die. I mean, yep. that, that just is like, Hey, if this didn't really work, but uh, it also talks about him being the first fruit to the resurrection. Like it guarantees that there's more to come, that we too will be resurrected. And he talks kind of in an in interesting, like this, this mortal must put on immortality. You know, this, we you know you, we're going to have to change here. Um, and that's going to talk about our resurrected bodies. But so 15 to me is so important. And that's going to say, remember, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? You know, you know, sin and death are conquered by Christ. And how does it end in verse 58? It, it will say that, you know, because of this, you know, be a, therefore don't lose heart because mm-hmm. whatever you do is not in, for the Lord is not in vain. Why don't you read that? What, is that? what does that say? In 58, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, mm. knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. That's good. Because he starts it off in the beginning there of basically if Christ didn't rise from the dead, we should be the most pitied people in the yeah, world. Everything is. is in vain. Everything we yeah. do is in vain. And he ends it by saying, it's not in vain. And yeah. everything we do is for the Lord. Isn't and it kind of comes so full good. circle. It's, full, it's a grateful, great, great. That's really good insight, bro. Mm-hmm. It's so true. In the beginning there, I also want to hit on, because I thought it was funny. He was talking about the apostles and who Jesus appeared to after he, uh, after the resurrection. He goes, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was me, or whether it, then it was I or they, so we preach and so you believed. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> Just really putting himself yeah. down of, I am the least of the apostles. Yeah, but hey, but he appeared to me, which is cool. <laughs> um, you know, so let's get to 16. Are you ready to go? I'm ready so to six, go. So 16 is kind of a wrap-up. Like, you know, he's throwing a whole kitchen sink of saying goodbye to a lot of different people and different mm-hmm. things. But I like it. It, begins, it talks about in the beginning of that there's a collection to be taken on the first day of the week. And that's kind of another indication that, that church services were moved mm-hmm. from a Saturday Sabbath to a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, can you read 13? Because I love 13. 13. 13. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. <laughs> you know, it's it's to me, it's like, it's all exhortation. Mm-hmm. You know, so the first one is be on your guard, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, stand firm. Mm-hmm. Act like men. I mean, how many scriptures tell you to act like men? Yep. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the libs are hating it right now. <laughs> There's a riot, you know, that... That calling us to act, and I think that some of that is be courageous, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's how my translation was. You know, mm-hmm. what, what what translation do you have? This is ESV. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm going to read that again for 13, and then I'm going to read 14 also. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, and then in 14, all let all that you do be done in love. Do so he love. says, you know, be a man, be strong, and then but do it in love. Isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. I remember I, I spoke at a pretty large men's gathering, um, and that's the one verse that I, I used. You, mm-hmm. know, you know, be on guard because listen, there's an enemy that would love to take you on. Stand firm in the faith. Don't don't back down. Act like a man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, but do it all in love. I mean, that's just such that's such a 
Wow. That's mm-hmm. just one verse of just good stuff. Right oh, there. yeah. And in Paul's letters, and we'll kind of hit it next week when we go to Second Corinthians, but the way he opens and closes them is, I think, so awesome. You know, this one's closed with a bunch of, like you said, plans for travel, final instructions, greetings yeah. to people. It's a full, you know, it's not just, okay, end of letter, done. Yeah. He gives a full chapter devoted to the uh, ending of it. And then when he opens up Apostle, he's like, grace and peace to you and yeah, a great yeah, opening. It's yeah, not yeah. just like Paul, comma, and yeah, just yeah. jumps into everything. It's so true. <laughs> and it makes it real to me. I mean, you know, this was a mm-hmm. real letter going to real people with some real needs. And, you know, sometimes it's like, Hey, don't bring my scrolls. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know what it was. You know, bring my bring my readings. Don't don't forget. It's not bring your iPad. Here. Yeah, exactly. He's got someone's bringing a whole backpack full of scrolls. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> oh golly! All right, that was great. So we got through Corinthians, and I we're going to jump into which I know we're already there. Second Corinthians is mm-hmm. one of my favorites. So the Psalms, eighty nine through ninety four, yep. I believe. Oh yeah. You know, eighty nine starts with God made a covenant with David, and it's so important to us because that is going to be fulfilled in Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and it talks a lot about David. It talks about David being, uh, will be blessed as the firstborn. You know, Davis, Dave, uh, Davis, God bless <laughs> Davis. David was the uh, the youngest. Mm-hmm. He was not the firstborn. But this is what the same language that Paul used in Colossians, that Jesus is the firstborn over creation, not meaning that he was literally born. Mm-hmm. That's what the Mormons go awry with. But he is, he is, has uh, preeminence. He is of, of stature. He's above all things. And uh, it's really good. It says, you know, God will love this King David and covenant and will fulfill it. And we really see that that's all fulfilled in Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. that's another one of those where we, by God's grace, who, who live on this side of the cross can say, wow, here's an amazing promise that the Davidic uh, kingship will endure and it's going to be fulfilled in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And in 89 too, I love the, O Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. I love it. And again, just bringing up the, the ocean and sea and waves. Chaos, and he's, yeah. he's able to calm the storm. A- a- amen. And it says, you know, the heavens are yours and the mm-hmm. earth is also yours. You've created it. And I think one last thing of 89 is, it says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. And to mm-hmm. me, that's so beautiful. I mean, righteousness and justice. I mean, mm-hmm. those are the two things you need. You know, a holy God and a merciful God. And they're together. And they're righteous and justice are the foundation of your throne. And love and faithfulness go before you. When you read through scripture, especially through the Psalms, I mean, that steadfast love and faithfulness are always connected to one another. Mm-hmm. And we want a God who is, uh, you know, Loving and faithful, mm-hmm. no matter what. Absolutely. I'm going to put you on the spot here because I don't think we've talked about this before. But 89 ends, I guess, book three of the Psalms, starts book four. What is just the quick background, I guess, of the different books yeah. of the Psalms? Yeah, you know, and I think there's actually broken out into five different books. They'll mm-hmm. say this is more the writings of David. They try to, would say, kind of bracket them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even know when, I don't remember when they were broken out. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was... Uh, but I do know, like, before the Psalms, like, a lot of times they'll give you a background, like, this was during the time that David hid in the caves. And I, I you know, and scholars will say, although don't, those don't usually get numbered, mm-hmm. they were original. A lot of that was original as well. So mm-hmm. some some will start numbering those. But, yeah, it's a breakout of the Psalms. I don't remember when it took place, to be honest with you. But they kind of try to group together the different types mm-hmm. of Psalms, you know. And so... Um, you know, yeah. Sorry, we can continue on now. Yeah, that's no, good. I, I think I botched it. <laughs> you, but yeah, ninety uh, from everlasting to everlasting. Mm-hmm. You know, 
you are God. So he's an everlasting God. And he's going to turn around and say, by the way, you have 70 to 80 years, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 70, 80 years, but fear the Lord and uh, he'll establish the work of your hand. So it's really kind of cool contrast there. of God, you're everlasting. We're only here for a little bit. Can you please make sure that, you know, mm-hmm. you bless us to do it? He, he teaches us to number our days so yeah. that we gain wisdom. That's so good, isn't it? <laughs> that is great. When you get my age, you number them differently. You really do. I mean, you're you're 27? Six. Six. Almost 27. You're so mature, I always want to make you more. You know? <laughs> um, you ready to go? I'm ready to go. 91 is this uh, really famous, you know, of, of, of that God is going to save us from our enemies and our diseases you know, uh, he is the one who's going to command angels to watch over us. And mm-hmm. uh, it starts out very poetically. You know, those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember during COVID, you know, he will deliver you from the deadly pestilence mm-hmm. and and, uh, and the arrows that fly by night or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. So it's... Uh, yeah, we hit on a lot of the, like we talked about last week, the sad boy psalms of how we like these. This is definitely the opposite of yeah, yeah. him him delivering you. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's going to come through. And that's... That's often quoted. When I go into a hospital and go visit, and that's often uh, the ones that you turn to just to remind people that, hey, he he is deliverer, and mm-hmm. he is with you, and he can conquer whatever deadly pestilence or whatever's going on. Yeah, and there in three, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. Yeah, shield and a buckler. They're both, they both are kind of like a, a shield. I mean, that, that's a buckler, something you hold in your hand. But that's mm-hmm. a... Uh, but, you know, he will deliver you from... Uh, uh, the, the, the Fowler's, uh, you know, trap, basically, mm-hmm. you know, man's schemes and also just, you know, like deadly pestilence, things mm-hmm. you can't control. So, yep. yeah, that's, that's really good. I remember when my sister went through cancer, that was one of her, which she's been through it many times. But the first time that 91 was kind of her go to mm-hmm. passage. I, I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. That's some good promises. All good promises. And we know that it's not, you know, that there's times that people aren't going to get better, but we know that ultimately in glory, they will. So mm-hmm. he's going to answer that on this side of glory or the next. Yep. So 92, the wicked will be destroyed and the righteous will flourish. Mm-hmm. That's about all I have to say on that is that's kind of good because you always want that. Again, We I just said, some, you always want that immediately. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's going to be, you know, something that's delayed and mm-hmm. coming in glory, but... uh Yep, we can keep moving. Ninety three. Uh, but yeah, and the Lord reigns. Mm-hmm. Um, he's robed in majesty, mm-hmm. is it, which is awesome. And uh, you know, ninety four is he who made the ear. Will he not hear? And you know, God will hear our requests with some of the things that I I, I remember. So, oh no, who's calling you? This it's early not calling me. It's it's my my wife just did her wordle. I think. So, uh, <laughs> hold on, let me let me just hit do not disturb here. So uh, <laughs> there we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> How, how are you? How was your Wordle game? That's really good. I, I'm actually on a new streak. I'm up to like 136. There you go. I'm, I'm there you go. 99%. I think I played it like 480 times. So <laughs> I, I didn't. It took me six tries today. I got. I just barely. Oh got man. Through. man! Oh man! Like, you were working on it early this morning. Though. Yeah, I was working on it early. I, I, I do Wordle. I do Nerdle, and I do Versal. <laughs> and so those are the three. And Versal is my favorite because it's like. Here's this passage. Find it, and it's mm-hmm. it's like if I find it, I immediately get prideful, and if I don't, I just <laughs> just <wallow>. sorrowful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. What's going on? I thought I hit do not disturb, man. I mean, <laughs> what in the world? Sorry. That's good. That's good. We yeah. can uh, we can move on to judges. We wrapped up judges, and then we mentioned the started Ruth as well. Yeah, and I, and I think that the big the biggest thing for um, the uh, book of Judges is, and I know that we got toward the end. Mm-hmm. The, 
Let me just remind everybody, the book of Judges is an argument or a polemic for a godly king. One mm-hmm. of the, the, the verse that kind of kind of comes through, the phrase that comes through over and over again is in those days there was no king in Israel and everyone was doing right in their own eyes. And so the whole, the whole premise is going to be, oh my gosh, we should have a king in Israel because this isn't good. We're going to get to Samuel and they're going to ask for a king like the other nations, which mm-hmm. isn't good. But the book of Ruth is going to show us that the king is going to have Moabite blood, the one of his choosing. And that's okay because she was righteous. But at the end of the book of of, of Judges, it's one of those weird stories again. Like mm-hmm. there's this concubine who gets sliced, cut up because she gets abused. And the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the, uh, the, this guy takes and cuts her up and sends her to pieces to all 12 tribes. And all of a sudden there's a civil war mm-hmm. and they're killing the Benjamites. And then the Benjamites don't have enough women because mm-hmm. they've all said not to have them. And, and then who's going to go fight the Benjamites first is Judah. So here's the point. At the end of the book of Judges, in a bad taste in your mouth, is the tribe of Benjamin. Mm-hmm. And the ones on the rise is the tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. So this is why is this important? Because the first king that's not going to last is going to be a Benjamite named Saul. Don't put your hope in him. Mm-hmm. But the one who's going to come is David, who's from the Ju- tribe of Judah, which is the promised tribe. Mm-hmm. And so if you look to see the nuance of the story and see where it's going, it'll it will show you. It's really putting a bad focus on this tribe. Don't choose one from this tribe. You know, make sure you get one from, from the tribe of Judah. So Yeah, I have in my notes uh, for just chapter 17 and 18 was, Got lost, not sure what happened. <laughs> were, were my notes. <laughs> so yeah, it gets a little uh, little crazy at the end of Judges there, but that makes sense as you can clearly see that um, the Benjam- Benjaminites, Benjaminites yes. are uh, yeah not not doing great things. No, they were good warriors. They talked about them being like they had some left-handed guys who could like mm-hmm. hit a hare, yeah, like a little bunny rabbit, and not miss. Mm-hmm. And, then, and it took a few tries for them to defeat the Benjaminites. Yeah, so. yeah. They had a kind of, and they kind of like, exactly right. I mean, they were kicking butt for a while, but yep. then there was a little ambush, and, and then uh, it's weird stuff. But yes. let's get to Ruth. Let's, let's get to Ruth. Ruth. Ruth is fantastic. <laughs> There's so much about Ruth. I mean, I've preached through Ruth. It's one of my favorite little books. It's uh, There's so much to say about it. But again, a godly king will have Moabite blood, but it's okay because she's righteous is mm-hmm. the overarching thing. And it's going to end with David. It's going to end with a genealogy, which gets to David. But... What you have is a family uh, from Bethlehem, which mm-hmm. Bethlehem is the house of bread. Mm-hmm. The family name is Elimelech, which, ready for this, Brooks, means God is our king. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Weird. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and you have this woman, um, Naomi, who is going to be married, and she's her husband's going to die. Her mm-hmm. two sons are going to die. She's left in Moab, which, you remember, that's... Moab came about... They, they have a bad reputation. Bad, yeah, yeah, bad <laughs> reputation. They came up weirdly through Lot's weird relationship with his daughters. It's all mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're not... They, they worship false gods. It's mm-hmm. not good. Um, but you have her coming back, hearing that the Lord has provided food back in Bethlehem, and she's going to head back home and says to her daughter-in-laws, hey, go back home, because... You know, what would happen is if she has another son, she would give, you know, that that would kind of continue that Mm -hmm. uh, family name and help them. She's like, I'm not going to have another son. You know, he's there's no one left to to raise, you know, help support you guys go home um, and let your parents take care of you. Mm -hmm. And Ruth is like, no, where you go, I go. Your God, my God, you Mm -hmm. know, you die, I die. It's just such a beautiful proclamation of not only love for Ruth. uh, I'm sorry, Ruth's love for Naomi. 
but also Ruth's love for Yahweh. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, your God's going to be my God. And then you see God miraculously leading Ruth into the field of a man named Boaz, a mm-hmm. righteous, godly man. And it would say in scripture, almost tongue in cheek, it just so happened that she ended up in Boaz's field. And mm-hmm. Boaz shows her great love. And Boaz was what we hear as a kinsman redeemer. It's mm-hmm. a family member who um, will kind of step in and make sure that that family name, Elimelech, is not lost in the promised land. The child that will be buried or be born will go back to Elimelech's family and that, that will sustain, which is really, really cool. And um, even with that, you see God's hand in it. And then there's also some intrigue, like Ruth is going to show throw up, show up at the threshing floor at night and mm-hmm. uncover his feet. And I remember in seminary, the professor saying, what do you think it meant to uncover his feet? You know, and, uh, you know it's like, oh, is there, is there more to this? You know, is this is this, uh, is this a little bit more steamy? And again, I don't want to take away from it. I mean, I think God's word is beautiful, but there might be more to uncovering his feet than mm-hmm. what was said there. But God provides, mm-hmm. and God does provide. And, and uh, Ruth is going to have a Boaz, and through that, they're going to, you know, find eventually King David, eventually Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that made more sense, uh, the story does in this whole book. Uh, once I heard your sermon, I think it was the Advent series last year, talking yeah. about Ruth, because if you don't know what a kinsman redeemer is, then yeah, yeah, yeah. the story is very confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so one, once you figure that part out, like, yeah. okay, that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's something in our culture doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. You know, what is a kinsman redeemer? But the thought of in the promised land losing your name i mean not having an heir is it's a tragedy so mm-hmm. that's you know that's a kinsman redeemer uh some relative that's going to step in and make sure that you're taken care of and that was boaz mm-hmm. and boaz is the christ figure mm-hmm. I mean, boaz is the rescuer you know who at expense to himself looks out to the one who is lost mm-hmm. and brings her in so it's yeah it's, it's pretty cool Absolutely. Beautiful stuff. One of your favorite books. One of my favorite books. Isn't it a real cool story? <laughs> it is. It's a great story. The Rise and Fall. It's just There's so much like, why leave the house of bread to go to Moab? Mm-hmm. And it didn't turn out well. And in the little like introduction to the book, um, in my Bible, it kind of talks about, you know, the book is named Ruth and she's the main character, but really it's about the, you know, the redemption of Naomi and how she lost her husband and yeah. her two sons and how her line was able to continue on through Boaz and Ruth. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it, it was and you said it well, but even her two sons, they, uh, Chilion and Mikey, whatever it says in there, yep. in the Hebrew, it's like Riff and Raff. Yeah. Mean, it, it just, it's like, you know, these guys were not mm-hmm. good guys. So, yeah. That's all we got this week. Hey, good stuff. Yeah. Hey, Mother's Day's coming up. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. Mother's Day this Sunday. Don't forget. You got to love get on flowers, mama. Get flowers, get love on your mama. Yeah, love on mama, which is important. Uh, it'll be a great day at King's Chapel, so come out to that. We're going to have actually a week from Sunday, we'll have the fir- one of our first luncheons. We haven't had a luncheon for a while. There we go. Mama, that, that'll be great. So, Do you know what's on the menu yet? Uh, no, don't know. Hmm. Ask your wife. She'll okay. probably... Uh... Okay. I'll give some suggestions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, I don't know. Yeah, give give her some. You know, so now you got a you got an insider right there. You yes, know, exactly. You know, so, which is awesome. All right. Anything else, Brooksy? I think that's it. I think All that's right. it. All right. I think she's actually at the DMV, officially changing her name to oh, Mrs. Robinson. How right cool now. is that? Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. You mean she's not up working for King Chapel yet? No, not yet. I guess. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. See you guys someday. Blessings. <laughs>